Hello and welcome to the AMA Update video and podcast. We talk a lot about addressing physician burnout as part of the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians. Uh, but today we're going to focus on residents and talk about addressing resident burnout. And for that, I'm joined by Emily Koss, GME Wellness Program Manager, and Julie Higginbotham, Resident Education and Development Specialist. Both are calling in from Baylor, Scott, and White in Dallas, Texas. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Uh, Emily, Julie, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, great to be here. Yeah, we're really excited. Thank you for having us. Well, let's start by uh, taking a little bit of a step back uh, and, and exploring what first motivated you to put a well-being measurement strategy in place for your residents. Um, Julie, let's start with you. What were you noticing in terms of uh, resident stress level or burnout levels? Yeah, so we really started our efforts about five years ago in about 2018. Um, every year we do end of year surveys, institutional surveys with the residents and fellows. And we started noticing, you know, some, um, you know, some comments saying, you know, they were experiencing some fatigue and some stress and some burnout. And while we know this is all very normal, I mean, residency is hard, um, training is hard. We did feel like it was time to kind of, you know, increase our efforts and make sure that well-being was top of mind and then it was a priority. Um, first, we wanted to make sure they were aware of the resources that we do have here or that we already had in place, which were things like the um, that the institution really had in place, like the um, employee assistance program, um, that their insurance did provide some counseling if they needed it. Um, we also have a peer support program where um, uh, physicians and residents and nurses and staff can all be trained to help each other out. So all those resources, we wanted to make sure that they knew that they were aware of. So we did some education with them, um, primarily through emails, um, distributions. And then we did a post survey to see to make sure that, you know, they were aware of those kind of things. So we did a pre survey to kind of get a baseline. And then we did a post survey. And then um, once we did that, you know, we, we realized that we needed to also do start doing a formal assessments. And so that's when we reached out to the AMA um, and we did our first AMA wellness survey in 2018. And then we've done, I think, six since. So we've done six. We did three surveys pre-pandemic and then three surveys post-pandemic, just so we every year knew, kind of know where all of our residents and fellows are standing were in regards to resident burnout. And that kind of, uh, you know, history is going to be important when we talk about other questions, especially about where we've uh, emerged from this pandemic. Um, a lot of the partners that we work with, uh, one of the first questions is always about kind of where do we start? And um, you've hit a little bit on it, but Emily, I want to hear from your perspective about the measurement piece and why it's so important when you try to address a challenge like burnout. Yeah, you know, the the experience of burnout is such a personal experience that people often define it in a subjective way. You know, you could ask two physicians, um, <clears throat> are you burnt out? And both may say yes, but both may have very different definitions. So we really need to rely on more standardized methods of measuring burnout um, <clears throat> to get a more objective picture. Um, you know, you can't really know the impact of your well-being efforts without measuring that change over time as well. So we like to, you know, we've really benefited from seeing those data points over time, kind of assessing 
what happened between data points and where, you know, where we can focus our attention on our well-being efforts. And we'll talk more about it again, but uh, you know, we knew that after making a lot of headway on the physician burnout front, that in that second year of pandemic, you know, we're seeing the levels of, of burnout skyrocket to over 60%. Um, you're having a different outcome with residents. It's probably attributable to the kind of measurement and programming that you're doing, uh, which is, uh, you know, you were able to improve your findings in 2022. I want to dig into that. How this happened, given the given the pandemic and everything we're facing in terms of challenges? Yeah, I think, you know, we've focused on a lot of a variety of efforts. And so I think everything together is what really helped us out to improve those scores. You know, even from the beginning, before COVID, we've done our best to show um, what, what Julie was saying earlier about how how stressful, show to our, our residents how stressful medical training is, that we recognize it. We're trying to make even as minor or significant as an impact as we can. What can we do to make their lives even just a little bit easier? Um, I think part of you know assessing and, and managing well-being um, is that we keep that line of communication really open. It's not just the surveys that we're hearing about what residents want or what they what they expect um, what impacts their well-being, what they see as either the, the pebble in their shoe or what they think would help. So we keep that line of communication open. We welcome feedback in that way all year round. Um, and then something specifically that that we initiated kind of during the height of COVID, especially when we couldn't meet in person as much, it was harder to provide some of our services. Um, our team developed an internal well-being website that our, our residents and really any physician in the system can log on to. Um, it has a lot of different educational resources, um, support resources, anything folks may need to help assess and, and learn more about mental health and well-being. Um, in addition to that, this was also pre-COVID, but um, our faculty develop leader, uh, development leader, Dr. Tom Cox, he created a team of us to focus on uh, different needs of residents um, throughout their training. So we've got, of course, Julie here, who focuses on residents as educators, uh, meeting that need. We have a staff member, Dr. Wakiyad Ahmed, who um, supports residents in their research efforts. And then what I do as the um, well-being program manager, um, I offer brief counseling services and coaching consultation type of services for any well-being or mental health needs that our residents might have. Um, and we've been able to offer that, to, you know, still even, you know, we just transitioned to virtually for a lot of our, our or a lot of our supports. Um, so I think the combination of all these different things has been really helpful. And, um, and now that we're kind of coming out of the worst of COVID, we've been able to meet together more often in, in groups and bigger groups. And so we've started back up with our either, you know, our different events, um, even the, the more social type of events, just to build um, that camaraderie um, and boost morale. So we've been doing some more of that recently. It's, it's good again. to be back together again. I think people are surprised yes. by how much that matters. You talked it about does. you talked about communication. I just want to uh, ask a little bit more about that. I think uh, you know what you hear sometimes is uh, there's the kind of the latest survey uh, about whatever, and maybe people you know don't feel like anything ever happens as a result of that. And I know that as part of your process is about communicating what the assessment found, and that includes both the positives and the negatives. How do you do that and kind of kind of restore people's faith and that, you know, what you're learning is going to get put in action? Mm -hmm. 
Yes, so um, so we communicate the the results with um, programs individually as well as overall results. Um, so we show, you know, once we get that data, we'll filter it out uh, by each program um, and we'll share with each program director and program administrator, here are your results for your program compared to the national averages as well as compared to the overall scores for all of our programs. Um, and so, so we'll share in that way, discuss results with each group, share, share, you know, how does it compare? Was it better or worse in different areas? And then we'll also find any any other ways to um, to include that information in some of our presentations. Um, for example, um, I did a, a lecture with our surgery grand rounds and um, speaking on burnout, and I showed the comparison of where our general surgery residents were on their burnout uh, questions and their scores versus you know studies of general surgery residents at other institutions. So we try to you know include incorporate that knowledge wherever we can. Curated from more than 3,000 major newspapers, magazines, and journals, the AMA Morning Rounds newsletter delivers the top stories in healthcare right to your inbox Monday through Friday. Subscribe today and check out all the AMA's free newsletters at ama-assn.org slash myinbox. That's ama-assn.org slash myinbox. Julie, you focus on resident education and development. Yes. How do you take uh, what you learn in these assessments and build that into your education and development programs um, to kind of play out the strategy here? Well, we found that in, you know, looking at these surveys that one of the biggest issues that the residents have um, is we are a teaching hospital here at Baylor University Medical Center. So one of their main responsibilities is to teach, is to teach to others. So that's our expectation is that they teach to the medical students and they teach to each other. Um, and a lot of their challenge there is time. And so a lot of it is like, we, I don't, I don't have the time to teach. I have my own responsibilities. So my role here is to help them to be better teachers and better educators. So I have a residence's teacher's curriculum that I offer to them. I go throughout to all the throughout the institution to all the different programs, talking to them about things like um, professionalism and how to be a good role model, um, how to set expectations, how to give effective feedback, how to build a good lecture, um, how to engage your learners, those kind of things. And I think by giving them those tips and tools on how to teach, I think that you know decreases um, you know some of the stress on how to you know that the teaching, um, the challenges that teaching brings to them. Another thing that we found is that the challenge is um, how to study, um, finding time to study. Um, you know, they are working with patients and in the clinical environment day in and day out. And so it's really hard for them to find time to study. And the bottom line is they're still trainees and they're still learning and they have to increase that medical knowledge. Um, one way to do that is by teaching. Um, I always tell them to teach is to learn twice. So that's one of the most effective um, ways of learning and the most active learning is by teaching. So I always say that, that teaching does help you learn. But also I do work one-on-one um, -on -one with residents and fellows. Um, program directors will reach out and say, hey, this resident is really struggling. Um, with time management or study skills, or um, they are always in, uh, responsible for in training exams every year. 
And so if they don't do very well on a training exam, I will meet with them and talk to them about test taking um, strategies and we will go over, we'll practice test questions. So I think those two things are the big challenges we've found. And so those are the things that I incorporate into my education is, you know, helping them increase their medical knowledge the best I can and also um, giving them those ways to make teaching easier for them. Now, one of the tools that you do utilize is the AMA's GME Competency Education Program uh, yes. that supports uh, education for your residents. How's that fit in? What, uh, what yeah. is the most exciting well, we, about that for you? We have used all of those. Um, we have used the competent AMA Education Competency Program in the past. And how we've done that is just to take some of those modules. Um, you know, it's a very um, uh, dense, they have a great curriculum. Um, edu you know, excellent modules, very engaging, and so we will assign those. Um, some of that we have assigned some of those modules to the residents and given them a deadline to complete. But um, again, like we say, we know the um, AMA is a trusted and reliable source, and they have great education. And so um, we've always really had faith in those in that education. So I think another thing that's helpful for those is that they can work on it on their own time. You know, um, it's not a it's um, asynchronous. They can kind of log on when they have time to complete those. So I think that's obviously the convenience factor really helps us, uh, you know, disseminate that type of education to them. Well, Emily, uh, beyond the, the data and uh, a lot of the learning part of this, uh, you found part of your secret sauce here is peer support efforts, recognition. These are tremendous efforts far beyond food. Uh, that we talked about before. Um, tell us a little bit about how you've leveraged those to uh, really make headway here. Yeah, so, you know, for recognition, we've offered those different incentives, like Julie mentioned, expressions of gratitude frequently um, to our team. And, um, and we, you know, we really try to integrate both the formal support resources as well as the informal. So, um, you know, of course, we, we make sure our residents know how to um, access the peer support program. That's an institutional-wide program um, to offer them support. But really, even in all of our talks, lectures, everything about well-being, we really encourage uh, residents to look out for one another. And I think that's, you know, that plays the biggest role. You know, physicians, you know, they uh, are really, just like anybody in any helping field, they're really good about helping others, not so much about knowing when it's time to help myself, you know? Um, and so making sure that they know those signs of burnout, for example, to, um, you know, knowing to recognize it in, in your peers, knowing how do I support others when they're struggling? Because they'll notice that before they're noticed they're struggling. Um, and, and because physicians want to hear from other physicians, so um, I think having and encouraging a, a culture of support between peers, as well as the, um, the formal support measures, um, that's crucial for well-being. Julie, do you find that uh, you know, the very uh, important efforts you're making here on the residency front, do they translate into, let's say, advantages when you're thinking about physician recruitment, new, new physician recruitment? Sure, absolutely. Um, I mean, we use these results. Um, as Emily mentioned, um, you know, we send, um, we filter the results um, by program and we send them to all the program administrators and program directors. 
And we have heard that um, they do use them in their um, orientation presentations during recruitment season. So we are really proud um, of, of what we've created here. And, um, and so we want to really illustrate that and really show it off. Um, you know, the AMA has said that we can use the statement that um, our residency program has the highest overall mini res um, score among all residencies in the country. Um, survey, I'm sorry, surveyed by the AMA and that we exceed all of the AMA um, national averages. So again, like I said, we're, we definitely, I think that makes us a little bit more competitive. And, um, and so we wanna share those results um, and illustrate that, you know, we have a positive culture and that um, resident well-being is really a priority here. That is great data. Um, Emily, any final thoughts to uh, really other health systems, uh, practices out there, residency programs that are looking to address uh, this issue around burnout. Why is it so important to do it now, not wait? Yeah, so sooner rather than later is the key here. You know, it's crucial that we don't just react and respond after residents are becoming burned out, after physicians are burned out. We have to be proactive about it. And so although many physicians might be burnt out on talking about burnout, when we keep the conversation open and ongoing, we're more aware. We know what to look out for. We're kind of primed to notice this stuff more. So we recognize the signs and symptoms more easily in ourselves as well as in others. And that prevents people from getting to their lowest point, their rock bottom when it comes to burnout. Um, I think it's also important to not only set up resources within GME departments, but to take advantage of what already exists in your institution, like peer support programs, like the EAP. Familiarize yourself with those resources so that you know how to help your residents um, when they're struggling. No, I was gonna say one thing to add is, you know, check, I, I, I was on a, uh, an email uh, chain and I, I reached out to other programs in the country and asked them what they're doing. So I think it's good to share best practices with other, you know, other institutions and you can really learn from each other. So that's that's another thing that I think, you know, really stress with other programs throughout the country is, you know, reach out, ask other people, even in your city, you know, if there's another institution residency program, um, you know, it's it, we have to all kind of collaborate together and make it a partnership. And that kind of shared insight and those platforms to convene another important part of AMA's program. Uh, learning from each other. Um, the results of, of your work kind of speak for themselves uh, and kind of stand in contrast to what we've seen for uh, so many other places for physicians coming out of the pandemic. You never know when something that's like, uh, like that is going to be thrown in the mix. So uh, what you said there, sooner than later, uh, don't wait for it to be a problem. Address it proactively. Uh, Emily, Julie, thank you so much for being here today and sharing uh, these results from Baylor, Scott & White. Uh, that's a, quite a success. Uh, for more information on the AMA's efforts to address burnout and the Mini-Res Burnout Assessment, visit ama-assn.org slash burnout. We'll be back with another AMA update soon. You can find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us today. Please take care.